Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You won't be sorry, because today we're revisiting one of our most popular interviews. You know, back in 2009, Jazz Shaw and Nikki Starr joined me for a conversation with award-winning actress Tippi Hedren, and she was quite a revelation to us. In this candid interview, which we'll hear in just a few minutes, Tippi talks about working with Alfred Hitchcock and Charlie Chaplin and also offers advice about keeping wild animals as pets, plus much more. This lovely movie star, best known for her work in two Hitchcock thrillers, The Birds and Marnie, devotes considerable time to animal rights activities and other important causes. She earned a Golden Globe, a well-deserved Golden Globe, for her intense performance in The Birds and has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now, among Tippi's non-Hitchcock films are Chaplin's The Countess from Hong Kong, which she'll talk a little bit about, plus Citizen Ruth, I Heart Huckabees, Pacific Heights, Jane Mansfield's Car, Return to Babylon, and Roar, which is a very important movie uh, because she produced it and starred in it with her daughter, Melanie Griffith. And her upcoming film credits include key roles in The Ghost and the Whale and Lizzie's World, The Secret of the Magic Trunk. Tippy has also appeared in numerous TV shows, including Cougar, Raising Hope, The 4400, Heart to Heart, and Murder, She Wrote. And several charitable and humanitarian causes have benefited from, uh, uh, from her contributions. For example, she even served as a volunteer international relief coordinator and traveled word, worldwide to set up relief programs following earthquakes and hurricanes and famine and war. She's an avid supporter, as I mentioned, of the Roar Foundation and the Shambhala Preserve. I can't believe it, but she's in her 80s now and still going strong. And so it's our pleasure to play a section of her original interview. And we want to thank the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as uh, one of their staff picks. And that information will be running all, all day tomorrow, starting midnight uh, tonight. Then after the clip, We'll have time to comment on it, and I hope listeners will also sign up for the live uh, chat. Nikki, speaking of the chat, is it open and ready for people to share their comments about Tippy? It is, and we are ready. I love this interview. Oh, I, I know you do. When we first uh, talked with her, we couldn't believe uh, how candid she was with us. Mm-hmm. 
and also she uh, she has is so diverse with the with, with the causes that she works for and with all of her work you know for animal rights so uh, no wonder it's one of our favorite our favorite interviews and um i even if uh, some listeners have already heard this interview i'm sure they will love hearing it again oh, yeah. i i know that uh, i know that we will so why don't we listen to tippy Right now, we join her uh, during the interview as she begins to talk about uh, working with Alfred Hitchcock in the birds. Uh, turning to the birds, though, what was it like working with Alfred Hitchcock? Well, he w- he was amazing. He was not only my my uh, director; he was my drama coach. Really? So, yes, and the birds was my first film. Holy so, cow! So I was I was really fortunate. <laughs> In, uh, on so many levels that that um, to to have him as a director and um, uh, and and my acting coach, I mean that was just phenomenal. And and he often said that he was he was thrilled that this was my first movie because oh, I had nothing to learn. <laughs> so I just tried to be putty in his hands, you know, and and uh, uh, I used the techniques that he he taught me uh, all the time. All the time. Well, how did you happen to get that role, Tippy? Uh, I had done. I was. Uh, uh, I was working in New York as a fashion model uh, with Eileen Ford, and um, you know, it, uh, in the fifties, the commercials became very, very important, and um, so I was doing a lot of them. And uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hitchcock were watching the Today Show. And they saw this commercial that I had done, and it was a story type of thing. It was for a, 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 a pet milk product called Seago. It was a diet drink. Right. I think I, I weighed all. That. I think I weighed all the hundred pounds when I did this <laughs> commercial. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he saw it and decided to find out who the girl was, where she was, and um, so um, I just received a surprise phone call one day. Asking me to come over to meet with a with a um, uh, an executive at Universal Studios. I had by then moved out to California so that Melanie could oh could have a little bit of independence of just saying I'm going out to play, mommy, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Tippy, you got to work with Alfred Hitchcock a couple of times. Uh, what was your favorite project uh, with him? And and oh, I liked I liked Marnie. I, I liked ah. the best. Really? Yes. Why because was that? Was a, well, the, you know, the birds was sort of a chase type film, and uh, the, the uh, Marnie was such a deep character. My God, she yes, was absolutely. And that was that was the the interest for me. In well, that. working with Sean Connery had to have something to do with that, Tippy. Not all bad. <laughs> no, he was and he was just wonderful. We see each other every now and then, um, uh, not often, because he, um, you know, lives. Um, he doesn't live in the United States, uh, but um, he was really he was really terrific. And Rod Taylor was terrific, and of course, working with Jessica Tandy was just marvelous. And, and Jessica was Tandy so was was in in the birds. Yes. Well, did you ever get hurt uh, or oh, have yeah. any problems with the, with the real birds in, oh, yes. in the birds? Yes, I did. Oh no! Seen, oh, you know, off and on during the during the shooting, we would we were hurt, you know, scratched or whatever. But uh, you know, the scene where at the end of the movie where I go up the stairs, 
yes. and into the into the bedroom upstairs, and all of the birds attack me. Yeah. Well, they told me that I, they were going to because uh, you know, when I read the script, I said, "And Mr. Hitchcock, how would we be doing that scene?" And he said, "Oh, well, we'll use the mechanical birds like we did with the children." And um, so I was perfectly comfortable all about the whole thing, and it was one of the last scenes we did during the shoot. And um, uh, at the at the, the first day, it was a Monday. I was in my dressing room on the set, and uh, the assistant director Jim Brown came in and he said he he couldn't look at me. He looked at the floor and the walls and the ceiling. And, <laughs> and I was you, Jim, and he said. Uh, the mechanical birds don't work. We have to use real ones. And out the door he went. Well, oh, I just, I just was stunned. I went out to the set, and you know, this isn't anything they had just planned on. There was a whole cage built around the door that I come in, and there were five boxes, cartons, of raven and seagulls and a few pigeons coming in. Uh, prop men with gauntlets up to their shoulders. And which they threw at me for five days. Oh, I don't blame you in any way whatsoever, but I but I do have to say I still have nightmares about that because I was a fairly young child when that movie came out, and uh-huh. oh my God, that was frightening. It was frightening. It it was supposed to be. We worked hard to make it that way. Well, you were successful, and do you know what? It was not just frightening. While the movie was on, I mean, it, because it sort of uh, led to a kind of unending terror with people. My son, who is now grown and has grown children of his own, is still frightened to death of birds. <laughs> Excuse me for laughing, but, you know, <laughs> isn't that great? It is great. I, I hope he gets over it pretty soon. You know? I don't think he will. I think he's kind of proud of it now. <laughs> oh, there's, uh, there's a funny little story here. Uh, you know, we 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 serve um, uh, about 600 pounds of meat every day to the to the big cats, and we have this huge flock of raven who live here because they're meat eaters, and they are in seventh heaven living here. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think back to the movie and just run away like, oh no? <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. Oh no! Here they come! They're coming! Well, Tiffy, what was uh, the the whole idea in the birds? If, uh, I know you had the, uh, those gorgeous green suits. On the, I had six of them. Yes, you had six. Green yeah. Suits. What six. was the what was the uh, the point of that? Do you know? The point of the birds attack. Oh, the green. Yeah, the green. Suit. Oh, the green. Oh, the green was because uh, um, that particular shade of green is very easy to look at. Ah. And um, uh, uh, Hitch and the, the beautiful, wonderful Edith Head were always very, very concerned about any kind of, of fashion or uh, what does the movie require. And when you're in the same thing, the same outfit throughout the movie, I think I had one other. I had another suit at the beginning of the film and the coat. But that that those were the three. Those were my three things, and the the night the nighty from uh, you know the the general store. Uh, <laughs> but it was very important that the the uh, color was acceptable to people. That they and and wasn't the kind of thing where oh if I see that that dress one more time I'm going to scream. 
Um, and the, the uh, Edith had called the color O'Donnell green. Oh. And um, uh, color was one of the most important things uh, uh, for his le- leading ladies to um, uh, sort of enhance the performance even. The best way I can explain that one was in uh, Dial M for Murder with uh, Grace Kelly. Yes. You know, in the first scene, she's in a red cocktail dress, and she's very, you know, very elegant and and provocative. And and, um, after the murder, uh, her clothes become very much more drab. Right. And at the end of the film, she's where they, you know, they take her away. She's in gray. Yes, those kinds of things are very important psychologically to the people. Sets the tone. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Alfred Hitchcock was a was a master at that. Yeah. And is there any truth to the rumor that uh, they did uh, tie birds to you? In oh yes. Oh, oh my yes, God. they did. Uh, Rita Riggs, who was my dresser, put bands around my body with uh, elastics uh, coming through the the tears in the dress. And they then just loosely tied the the leg of the of the raven to my body. Oh my gosh! Tippy, you work with so many famous people. Uh, for example, Charlie Chaplin. Yes. And it we we talk. Uh, Betty Joe and I talk to people all the time who are kind of involved in the industry or would like to be or like to understand it more. Could you just favor and just kind of contrast a little bit? Like, what's the difference between working with Alfred Hitchcock and working with Charlie Chaplin? What, okay. are, what are the stylistic differences that you uh, Well, there there were many. Uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was so sure of what he wanted out of every scene um, that he was he was so well prepared that we did hardly more than two or three takes on on any scene. It was really pretty amazing, and he was so d- definitive as to what what um, what the whole f- the the whole picture should look like. Everything was was um, totally operated by him, and he always had people around him who worked picture after picture after picture with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he directed with me, I don't know exactly what he did with the others. But he, uh, uh, I read the script over and over and over, and uh, we would talk about uh, about the the film as a whole. We would talk about the different characters, uh, the relationship of each character to the other, and uh, to the point where by the time we got on the set, we all knew what we were doing, and uh, um, it was it was. It was actually done very, very easily. He gave very little direction, uh, actually, on the set. Um, and he really spoiled me terribly because he, he uh, first of all, he worked nine to five. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that in a movie? No. Not today, uh, no. No. And um, um, interestingly enough, he always wore a black suit, a white shirt, and a, um, a black tie. His... Uh, assistant director wore a sport jacket and slacks and pants. Uh, his uh, DP and the assistant cameraman all were dressed every day. Uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Well, but they it was a very elegant, um, uh, Hitch thought of it as being a very, very elegant uh, profession. 
Yes. And, and it was. And Charlie, on the other hand, Charlie, the way Charlie directed, now that's where the film should have been done. I, you know, so many people have said we they should have shot uh, uh, Charlie doing directing because he would take each person in the scene, each actor's character, and perform it. And then say, all right, now you do it. Now, can you imagine following Charlie Chaplin? Oh, my gosh, that is so interesting. He's pretty hands-on, huh? You you know, Marlon Brando did not appreciate that. I'll bet he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. And that was in The Countess from Hong Kong. Yes. And And that was Chaplin's last movie, I think. Yes, it was. Yes. And he was still doing his stick there just to performing each one of the characters and then hoping that, that uh, each one of his actors could do it just like him. <laughs> yeah, of course it was impossible. <laughs> Sophia Loren was fabulous. She and Melanie became great pals, and, uh, you know, it was real. Well, yeah. speaking of Melanie, uh, how much did you influence your daughter, uh, who, if our, any of our listeners don't know, it's Melanie Griffith, a very, very talented actress. Oh, yes, I'm sure no one's heard of her either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, nor her husband, her acting husband. Oh, her. Now, who could that be? Who could that be? Some unknown be, person. Be, uh, still my, be still my heart, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, right? I named, I, named uh, um, uh, I, I adopted a whole litter of kitten, kittens one year. Which I I I I just implore everybody to do that. The whole litter. It's so much fun. You you'll never <laughs> ever forget it. It's just wonderful. Oh, anyway, I have I named four cats in my after, house right now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I named all of them after movie stars I had worked with. I had I have, uh, uh, I have uh, Rod Taylor, um, uh, Sean Connery, um, uh, Marlon Brando, John Saxon. Um, yeah. This this might sound horribly trite, but Betty Jo gets uh, requests all the time from uh, people who want to get into the industry. If if I could ask you just one kind of stock question, uh, with all of your experience, do you have any advice for young wannabe actresses, people who want to get into the business today? Yeah, it's it's so it's so difficult right now uh, that. Um, I first of all, I would suggest that you're independently wealthy. <laughs> that's uh, a good Well, that's always a big help. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, uh, along with your acting career and the studying that you do, that you're doing, uh, uh, also find another vocation that you can fall back on because it is uh, so oh dear. difficult. Yeah, that's that very good advice. Very well, I know Nikki advice. has some questions from the chat too. When yes, we're I was here. going so to hopefully check. Hopefully, we can squeeze those in. Let's do that, Nikki. Uh, I I wonder if you have some questions or comments from chatters that you'd like to share with Tippy. Oh, they've been busy today. All right. <laughs> good. Well, the chat the chat is just loving it, and um, oh. Sousta had a question. She's in our chat room, and she was it was going back to the big. Um, the Tigers and Shambhala, uh-huh. and she wanted to know if if there was, let's see if you can help me with this, Jazz. I have it in here, but she wants to know if any of that has to do with drug trading. Oh, like yes. If they're trying, if you guys have oh, found out that. That's, uh, that's the first time anybody has ever asked me that. I do talk about that at our safaris when I, when I um, you know, when we have our, we're open one weekend a month. But there we have two different animals who came from drug uh, drug lords. 
who uh, keep them on their property because the authorities are hesitant in um, uh, going into the facility if they're uh, if they know there's a lion or a tiger walking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is this is very very frequent that this happens. So it does tie into that whole illegal oh, yes. activity that goes yes. in with illicit activities and the illegal yes. trade of animals. Yes, in fact, the the whole uh, exotic animal trade is just under illegal drugs. In mm. monetary. Uh, Nikki, you had another question. I, I think about somebody in Vegas. Yeah, I actually, uh, it was not my question, but it's Faust's again, and the chat room is just ha- has the best questions, and I want to thank them very much. Oh, well, this one's from Sunny. She said, um, even people who have, like Siegfried and Roy, they were very close to their tigers, and then still the horrible accident happened. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that, that you all recommend not never to have that type of an animal as a pet. Absolutely. And do you get animals from the zoo or that type of situation as well? Uh, on occasion we have uh, taken excess zoo animals, and that's usually because the zoos want to have the, the, the uh, infants. They want the cubs to, mm-hmm. because it brings people into the zoo, and then they, they can't afford the older animals, so they have to find places for them. But um, as far as having a, uh, an, a wild animal as a pet, uh, we just absolutely, there is not a single wild animal that should be a pet. Oh, my gosh. How I love that interview with Chippy. Uh, did you pick up anything new uh, listening to it this time, uh, Nikki? I had just totally forgot that... Um, that she kept the drug lord lions, do you know what I mean? And I didn't even know that that was even a possibility, that anybody would do something horrific like that. I know, I, I know, didn't. and I, I should, we should remind uh, listeners that the full interview um, can be listened to in the archives. It, goes, uh, it ran back in January of 2009, and, I, and it was uh, labeled Tippy Hedron Speaks Out. So if you want to hear more about um, Shambhala, the Shambhala Preserve, uh, it would uh, really be helpful to listen to that interview. And uh, I remembered from um, when, when she's talking about Shambhala, isn't that a beautiful uh, word, Shambhala? Oh, yes. It really is. Yeah, she's, she's a beautiful I think person. Said, I can imagine her picking it. <laughs> but that's true. And, and it's from Sanskrit, S-A-N-S-K-R-I-T, and it means a meeting place of peace and harmony for all wow. beings, animal and human. And I thought, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful word to pick for, for that uh, animal sanctuary. Um, also, uh, if listeners want to know more about the Shambhala Preserve, they can go to that. Uh, it has a wonderful website, and it's www.shambhala.org, and that's S-H-A-M-B-A-L-A, shambhala.org. Uh, it's a real adventure going over to that website because they've done uh, they've done a beautiful job with it. Uh, Nikki, the other thing I, I uh, picked up on that I missed uh, during during the f- the first time I heard this interview or that we did this interview was that ravens uh, kind of congregate <laughs> at Shambhala. I know. <laughs> and, and follow her and around they, and oh my god. I know. I could just see. I'm thinking of the ravens 
following, <laughs> following oh, my word. Tippy around. Um, but you know, you know we what do have a great, call. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, okay. I was just looking at the switchboard. I think oh, I, I think we have a we have a caller, so we get so whenever we're talking about uh, Tippy Hedren, we get we get into it, and we kind of forget other other people, I guess. But but let's see. I think this might be our um, one of our uh, favorite critics that's calling in because it's a six one nine area code. Let let me check and see. Okay. Hello, area code six one nine. Who are we speaking with? Hi, Betty Jo. It's Diana. It is one of our favorite film critics, Diana Sanger from Classic Movie Guide, and I was hoping that you would that would you that you would call in. Did did you get a chance to listen to that uh, interview with Tippi Hedren, Diana? I did, and you know, I even enjoyed it more this time because you could just kind of remember things that were said, but really like concentrate on them. And you know, she was really an amazing or is an amazing person in so many different venues. You know. But uh, her Hollywood history is just so rich. Absolutely, and uh, one of the one of the things that uh, that sort of upset me so much was, um, of course, after this original interview last year. You remember there was so much buzz about the two Hitchcock movies that came that came out. Now you probably saw. Hitchcock, the one with Helen Mirren and um, right. Anthony Hopkins, and um, I, I, I thought that was a very good movie. Did but uh, the other one, which I'm not sure that you've seen because it's been, um, it was released HBO. It, it wasn't shown in the, you know, on, on the big screen. It was called The Girl, and Sienna right. Miller played. No, I didn't see that didn't see that one well in a way i'm kind of glad because it might have made your blood boil <laughs> so <laughs> it was oh I, I i just got so upset with it. it 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 just shocked me and i thought sienna miller did a beautiful job as as tippy uh but the, but the actor that and i think this is one of your favorites toby jones do you know who i'm talking about when i say toby jones yes i know who he is yeah and um, first of all, I couldn't imagine him as Alfred Hitchcock, but he really came across as a very creepy Hitchcock. <laughs> and he's, he frightened me more than any of the villains in, in Hitch's movies. Uh-oh. So uh, I, I, if you get a chance, I hope you do watch it, though, because it's, uh, it's kind of a curiosity. It's, the theme centers on Hitchcock's obsession with Tippy while they were making uh. the birds, and, and believe me, if you believe everything in that movie, the abuse was uh, rampant, and there's nothing positive in that movie. Uh, you heard Tippy talk about, uh, you know, what she learned from from Hitchcock, and and how he he was her drama, he was her mentor, and he was her drama coach. But in this, nothing positive like that is is shown or made it to the screen. Maybe it was in the in the cutting room floor or something. I, I guess there's some truth to Hitchcock's obsession with Tippy. Now you're you're pretty familiar with the Hollywood history, and uh, do you know anything about that? The the relationship that Hitchcock uh, had with Tippy Hedren. No, I hadn't read that much about that. You know, I remember reading so much about um, uh, Bergman. You know, but I know he was, you know, he was a. 
He was a you know guy that wanted to get what he could from any of his actresses and seemed to control a lot of them that just you know fell under that spell of you know well what if I say no or what if I you know lose my opportunity here so you know I'm sure at that time it was a real balancing act that um, must have been difficult for them for sure. Yeah, and I I think there was was some truth to to this, but. Uh... Uh, several people who actually worked with Hitchcock said he wasn't really a sexual predator. It was more, you know, kind of dominating that the, the film. He wanted it to go exactly as he had it in his in his mind. And I remember reading that uh, Kim Novak, who um, starred in Vertigo, which is my favorite Hitchcock movie, uh, she com- says that the the events depicted uh, depicted in the film were really not not true at all. So, um, also, Tippy doesn't seem any worse for the wear, and I have to give her, like, what a classy lady. She didn't discuss any of that. I mean, obviously, we didn't bring it up, but all she has is nice things to say about him. Right. That's true. That's true. And I, um, I haven't had a chance to talk with her, you know, since that movie came out. So maybe the next time we get her on the, get her on the show, we'll keep our fingers crossed that we do, mm-hmm. that we can uh, can find out from from her. Uh, a little bit about uh, that that particular movie, The Girl. Well, um, what's your favorite Tippy Hedren movie, Diana? Is it uh, is it The Birds or is it Marnie? Did you did you like her work in Marnie? I did like her work in Marnie, but I think you know, as you guys had mentioned in the show at the time, The Birds was you know we were just at the right age at that time that <laughs> it was petrifying and scary, you know, but. You know, through the years, of course, going into this business and being into the classic film stuff, you know, then I got to, you know, really look at it from the other other, other aspects and see that, you know, it was really an incredible movie and um, how they pulled it all off. And, um, you know, she was just great in it, you know. And, and I don't know if you know, but I have this huge, oh, gosh, it must be 8 by 20 original photo, original poster of that movie, that really? one of our that one of our favorite critics um, gave to me or left to me when he passed away, and um, so you oh. know every, I, I see the birds and I see Tippy and I see <laughs> um, <laughs> see him every day as I walk by my hall. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess mentally were... maybe I'm just paying homage to it, you know, because it's in my brain. <laughs> well, I'm jealous like of you. part of the family because... now. <laughs> Because I don't have, I don't have a. What I'd like to have is a, uh, a photo. I mean, a big poster of that too. So, but you, you do have a lot of posters in your collection. I do. I've run out of wall that, room, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, and um, did you think she did a better job in Marnie? She seemed to have enjoyed uh, Marnie, or that seemed to be her her favorite role. Marnie did. Do you think that she was was uh, even more um, appealing in Marnie, or even even better as an actress in Marnie? After all, that was her second movie with Hitch. I do, I do. You know, I, I think she there was just a little bit more of seeing her more relaxed and and more um, you know into the role. You know, without you know being like maybe his more command stuff didn't show up as much. You know, because she just kind of just it just kind of flowed for her and. Um, I, I think it was it was great as well. You know, just it's just the movie as a whole that uh, b- the birds just like I said greets me every day. So 
<laughs> well, I think I have a theory that the reason she uh, she picked Marnie as her favorite role is because she played opposite Sean Connery. Well, yeah, how would you turn that down? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what, that's my feeling, yeah. Well, you know, she really has been uh, busy since we talked to her back in, in 2009. I remember uh, last year we had uh, Ben Mankiewicz on, on the show, and uh, we were celebrating the 50th anniversary of the birds, and he told us that uh, he, he and Chippy uh, celebrated the 50th anniversary by touring with the film in selected cities and engaging in a you know a question and answer session after each screening. Oh, how I would have loved to have <laughs> been there and seen that. Yeah, that would so, have been interesting. Yeah, so it didn't come to San Diego, evidently. No. And not and you know, not we're to so Pueblo. Close, we're so close to, to L.A. that we lose out on a lot of stuff, and I I don't quite get that still. It's like, oh, well, you're too close to L.A., we're not going there, you know, so. But that's well, okay. You do get up to L.A. every once in a while for things. I know that. But Well, yes, now watch for these movies. I don't know whether you've heard about them, but in doing research for today's show, I found that uh, Tippy will be uh, seen this year in a thriller called The Whale and the Ghost, and then also in a fantasy film called uh, Lizzie's World, The Secret of the Magic Trunk. And so I feel that that's good news for movie fans because we'll now get yeah. to see more of Tippy on the on the big screen. And she's still at Shambhala Preserve and still supporting the Roar Foundation as well as a lot of other worthy projects. And then right after, I think she did our um, interview back in 2009, I think she, inclu- uh, she ap- appeared in an L.A. production of the uh, Vagina Monologues and she, and she participated in the Turner Classic Film Festival. Now I know you and James Colt Harrison have attended the Turner Classic Film Festival. Did she happen to be at the one that you attended? No, no, that was uh, I think one or two after the ones we went to. Yeah, so so she's she's kind of a staple, I think, with uh, uh, with people who who like uh, classic films and uh, who want to see the the classic film stars. And she does make personal appearances where she chats with fans and signs autographed uh, photos and it's no surprise that she draws huge numbers wherever she makes these appearances. I know she would come to Pueblo, Colorado. I would probably be first in line for that. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe she'll show up. Oh, you could convince her. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yes. I say one of your biggest fans come out to Pueblo, Colorado, but uh, you'd have a better chance of getting her uh, down in San Diego, I think. Well, I wanted also to... um, uh, to mention that we do have in our chat room several guests that have been coming in and out, and we have one of our loyal listeners, Nancy Lombardo, and I'm just going to take a few minutes to play this promo that she made for our show. That's, this is the debut of Nancy Lombardo's promo. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here blog talk radio and when i need my movie fix you'll know where i'll be found that's right every tuesday at 4 p.m listening to betty joe tucker on movie attic headquarters blog talk radio show me the funny betty show me the funny (laughs) nancy thank you she's the best (laughs) 
<laughs> and, I, and this is kind of off off the subject, but uh, we'll go back to Tippy in a minute. But when Nancy says, "Show me the money, show me the money," I'm reminded that there's only eight days left for the fundraising drive for the Rocky Horror Save My Life uh, documentary. Um, I, I wonder if, if we could get Nikki back on the line here. And, uh, Diana, this will be something interesting for you to hear about. Uh, Nikki, uh, what's, what's up with these guys that are raising money for this uh, wonderful documentary? Have you got any update on it? Well, I see their updates all the time, okay? So I, they're, they still need some more money. Because I guess with, with Kickstarter, you only have a certain amount of time to make money. But they are fabulous. They're both my friends. They're totally committed. And they've interviewed people whose lives have been changed by Rocky Horror. It's just amazing. I would highly recommend, even if you just have $5. I mean, what a fantastic way, if you grew up with it or if you've seen it later, and especially around Halloween, to, to just give it to them. And they are really awesome guys. I just love them. <laughs> I agree with you. It's Larry Weisel and uh, Sean yep. Stutler and uh, Diana. They they've been active in the uh, midnight showings of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They've uh-huh. uh, you know kind of uh, they've played the different parts at the you know when the uh, at these parties these midnight parties and now they are on Kickstarter. They're uh, trying to make a film called Rocky Horror Saved My Life. And it's not about the picture itself, the movie right. itself. It's about the um, all the the fans of Rocky Horror Picture Show, the people that have shown up, you know, in oh, the midnight wow. shows that have made it that have made it such a cult film. And they started uh, with the fundraising drive on Kickstarter. I believe it was October first, and they have until October thirty first. I guess that's that's Halloween, isn't it? it to is. raise fifty. Fifty thousand dollars. Okay, they're at, at forty-five thousand four hundred and twelve right now. Cause nine wow. days to go. I'm so oh my! Right yeah, they're gonna I make know. it. I they think are. they will make it, but I, but um, we, uh, our listeners have been so good to support uh, independent films like this. So I'm, um, I thought it would be a, a good idea to mention. Uh, that they're still, you know, they're still working hard to raise the fifty thousand dollars, and I'm being kind of selfish, but I want to see that documentary. I do too. <laughs> I did put the I put the link in the um, chat room for oh, the Kickstarter. Great. So yeah. Great. Well, well, Diana, what do you think about a documentary uh, called Rocky Horror Saved My Life? Does, is that something like you would like to see? <laughs> You know, that sounds totally interesting. I, I think it would be fascinating, and this is weird. I was just on that site yesterday. Um, really? I, I didn't, I, yeah, that's I didn't see their stuff. I, I went on there for um, Oops, a, a, another personal thing, but that's but that's funny that I was there. But uh, that sounds like a great great documentary. Why not? I, I, I think it would be, yeah, because we see so uh, – there are some, some wonderful documentaries but we see some that are bombs too, and I think right. this one would be so colorful and, and interesting. And uh, well, you know that whole would... thing is, is so iconic. I mean, how long how many years has it been going on now? 40, and, you know, people 40, yep. still dress up and go to the movies to see it once a year here at, at, at the Ken in, in San Diego, and you know, it's just huge. It is, yeah. and the characters though that the that they're doing the documentary on are amazing. They have a little um, trailer that they put together. It's just a part. Some people, some people live that as their life. 
I just find it very fascinating. So it is, it is, it, and and uh, that's part of the charm of it, seeing the characters and the you know oh. the way they dress up to look like just like the characters that are in the the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I I really hope they're they're totally successful and. Uh, we're we're rooting for you guys, and we we're looking oh. forward to seeing to seeing the uh, documentary. Well, I cannot believe how fast the time has gone today. It's it's always such a treat to hear from uh, Tippy Hedren, and uh, and always fun to have you on the show, Diana. Well, I want to give a plug you. for your site, www.classicmovieguide.com. And your other site, uh, I've forgotten the URL for that. Would you share that with us? That's uh, www.reviewexpress.com. And I want to remind people um, that uh, you are now an uh, award-winning author because your book, Assignment, am I telling Deadline Romance. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Deadline from the New Year's Eve Club, won the um, gold award, and uh, it's a well, well deserved. So um, tell our listeners where they can uh, find that book. They can find Deadline Romance. It's an e-book on um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Burroughs Publishing, Smashwords. Um, If you just Google Deadline Romance, all the sites will come up, and there's uh, lots of stuff about them. And it's been a real... um, Surprise and, and pride that uh, yeah I placed first place in the Global Ebook Awards this year. I wasn't expecting that, but that's great. Well, I I was expecting it because I, it's just <laughs> great. It's a, it's a sizzling romantic memoir, not a memoir, a romantic novel novelette, and uh, I I encourage our listeners to uh, to check that out. And I can hardly wait until that's made into a movie because I'll definitely be first in line. When Me that, too, because you're going to have to be a producer. <laughs> oh, oh, wow! If I had the money, believe me, I would. I would definitely do that. Well, my goodness, it is time to wrap things up now, and I want to I want to thank uh, Tippy Hedren for being such a terrific guest, and I uh, hope we get her back soon. Thanks to Diana, to Jazz Shaw, to Nikki Starr to uh, Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts here on Blog Talk Radio, which is a a terrific show, funny, entertaining, and um, just one you don't want to miss. And it's uh, every Friday and Monday morning at uh, 10:30 Eastern Time. I hope I've gotten the time. I got the time right on that. Okay, that's all for now, folks. And since this is our last show before Halloween, I think we should close the show. Doing, guess what? The time warp again. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to.
jump to the left. Sensation. 